Finance today, Stephen Pritchard is with us. Let's take a look at the commodities with Stephen. Now, with what happened with Brexit, has that uh, made our dollar fluctuate a little bit? Uh, we've had a wild ride on the markets yeah. over the last uh, week, and Henry's going to uh, give us his uh, update on that a bit later. Um, uh, the major issue that is the gold price and the gold mining stocks have uh, uh, you know, just increased dramatically. The price of gold's up um, Five, almost five percent on the week to right. seventeen hundred and sixty nine dollars an ounce. The price of silver was up six uh, percent to twenty four dollars and sixty nine, and the price of copper is up six up four percent to six thousand five hundred and fourteen dollars um, a ton. Now on the currencies, the currency market's a bit all over the place. The Australian dollar was down one point eight percent to seventy four dollars. Uh, 74.7 cents at one stage it was uh, close to 75 cents but it's come back a bit um, the, the, the dollars are up against the British pound of almost 8% because the great British pound fell dramatically at one mm. stage during the week so we're up to 55 uh, pence compared to 51 pence so so for anyone who's planning on going a trip to the, the, uh, the UK yeah, um, yeah. You, you just get you're getting almost 10% more spending money yeah. um, and against the uh, euro we're, we're uh, uh, also uh, up half a percent to 67.16 uh, euro cents. Um, the equity markets around the world um, were um, mainly down, except surprisingly um, in the UK. So in Australia, we were uh, down 2.4% on the week to 5,221. The Dow was pretty steady, down half a percent to 17,694. And uh, the UK market was up 1.5% to 6,360. So that's interesting. Um, and the oil price, the oil price, the oil price was, uh, the West Texas intermediate crude price was down 3.2% to 65 um, dollars a barrel and the unleaded fuel price was um, down in Newcastle by 2.4% to $1.23 a litre and in Sydney down by 6% to $1.20 a litre. Of course, school holidays starts yes. tomorrow, my son reminds me. So um, we'll see if the fuel price is up for next week. And uh, the diesel the diesel was down uh, by almost 1% to $1.23 a litre and in Sydney down 5% to $1.18 a litre. And joining us, a special guest now from Marcus today, Henry Jennings is with us, Stephen. Henry. Stephen, how are you this fine afternoon? Ah, uh, very good, Henry. It's a bit warmer up here, and um, no doubt we spoke about last week about what you were going to talk on the, the, uh, <laughs> the Sky Television interview, and I'm sure there was plenty of talk in hindsight. The commentators all seem to have been wrong. Well, there was plenty of talk in hindsight, and all the commentators seem to have got it wrong. The market was absolutely convinced that the, um, the Brexit vote would uh, remain with status quo, um, uh, being the uh, the most likely outcome, um, and unfortunately, as we've seen this year, the bookies uh, have been uh, been wrong. The polls were always suggesting a very close vote, um, and as we all know now, the vote went with the um, with the Leave camp. So um, it's been an interesting time. Our market has uh, bounced back pretty well, I have to say. Um, we're up um, a, well, pretty good, uh, nearly 90 points today, or 1.7 percent, um, and we're only about a percent below where we were pre the vote this time last week. So uh, a big, big fight back uh, by the market. So um, I guess it's, um, we'll wait and see whether it can last, but at the moment it's doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, the, the afternoon the vote was coming out, the, the market uh, map screen was just covered with red. The only, the only kind of green spot there was uh, in the, some of the gold stocks. Yeah, it was pretty horrific, as, uh, as I was saying to, uh, to the listeners last week. I was 
doing uh, the Sky Live uh, at 12.30 as the results were, were coming through last Friday. Uh, and it was pretty much carnage and mayhem, um, especially in the currency market, which was just phenomenal with the pound dropping uh, big time. But uh, since then, we've calmed down a little bit. Central banks have stepped back in and have been uh, very supportive and talked the talk. Um, whether it will continue um, remains to be seen, but you know we have a long way to go with this uh, UK exit mm-hmm. from Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what form it's going to take, and it could be you know two, three, it could be you know donkey's years down the track. So um, it, it's it's very hard to uh, it's very hard to uh, you know sort of make any long-term plans. But uh, the market short-term is, um, is is seeing it as a, a positive, I guess, in terms of interest rates being kept lower for longer. Um, central banks stimulating the market, and in that environment, there's still a lot of cash around. Um, it's all looking for a home, and equities do offer a good yield um, and an attractive home. So, so bearing in mind that Brexit exit, what what type of stocks do you think we should be be looking at buying at the moment, or, or nothing's um, changed? Well, I, I guess uh, at the moment we're um, we're seeing the banks recover. Um, you know, there, there's little reason why the Aussie banks were were really sold off. There was some worries about contagion, mm-hmm. uh, but we've certainly been saying to our subscribers that you know the banks offer, um, you know, they are defensive because of the yield. Um, if nothing else, they are all inward facing now as opposed to outward facing in terms of their business. And you know, we've still got an economy that's growing at uh, 3.1, 3.2% GDP. It looks likely that. Uh, the Liberal National um, Coalition will get re-elected on on Saturday, um, so you know there, there's no reason to uh, to look at our banks and think that they're going to be cut, you know mm-hmm. in the same basket as European banks. And on a relative basis, they you know they stand out like shining lights. Our healthcare sector is looking good. We've had a, a deal today. Um, um, Maine Pharma, which has bought a um, generic uh, drug business off Teva, which is an Israeli drug firm, they were tied up with Mesoblast. I think we talked about that a yep. while ago, but yep. uh, as part of the um, of, as part of Teva's purchase of a, a big Trump company called Allegan, um, they've had to sell off some businesses. Miso Boss is one of those casualties, uh, and Maine Farm has been one of the successes off the back of that because it has picked up their U.S. generic drug business, and the stock soared today. Um, it's done very very well, um, and it, the stock is up um, 37% at the moment. To nearly two bucks, so oh. it's done done extraordinarily well. They've raised six hundred and thirty odd million bucks, um, and the market really likes it. Another one that we uh, have been following that we like on the newsletter is uh, a thing called Focus, um, which has also done a capital raising. The shares aren't back on trading yet, but they've done a huge deal, um, and they've bought out um, a, a business called NextGen, which is a, um, a sort of a cloud storage thing um, in the tech space. And they're basically going to be able to compete with the big boys now. So it is kind of a company uh, maker again, another big capital raising, and we're waiting for that to uh, to come back on trading. But certainly, the market seems to like it. So there's there's some you know there's are some opportunities out there. Um, some of the uh, the big wealth providers that are listed in the UK, the Hendersons and the BT Investments, and even Clydesdale Bank uh, had some massive falls uh, on the uh, on the UK market. And they're gradually fighting back. Um, you know, Clydesdale got down to, uh, oh, I think the low was about three dollars sixty, and they're back up to four twenty. So um, there has been some opportunities. As with all volatility, it does bring opportunity. Yeah, and last week we spoke also about, um, um, you know, 
why you need to include some gold stocks in your portfolio as a bit of insurance. And and yeah. w- one of the things that kind of happened as as, as the market was, was falling dramatically is the, the gold stocks were rising. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always been a, a believer that, you know, if you've got a, um, a relatively large portfolio or even a small portfolio, somewhere in amongst it, you should have some insurance. Um, for those days when uh, it all goes to hell in a handbasket. And one of the, the most popular forms of insurance for equity holders is gold stocks. Um, and you rightly say they've, they've been fantastic performers this year. Uh, the gold price in Aussie dollar terms is still, you know, very, very good. Um, and, you know, you've got a lot of producers like Evolution mining, producing uh, gold out of the ground at a 1000 bucks. This is in Aussie dollar terms, and, and they're selling it for nearly $1,800. So there's an $800 margin, which is not a bad margin. Um, if it, um, you know, whether it's gold or a widget or whatever it is, it's a pretty damn good margin. So, um, you know, stocks like Newcrest did very well during the rout, um, and uh, are now sort of uh, there's a little bit of uh, profit taking occurring in the sector as the fears subside, but the gold price has held in relatively well, and, and so have the gold stocks. But um, it's certainly, you know, for those people that were looking for some sort of insurance. It held them in pretty good stead, and they had some you know, big runs. Evolution went from sort of $2.10 to uh, $2.50 on the back of the uh, the Brexit. Now they're coming back, and they're around two thirty-eight. But, uh, but certainly that insurance kind of paid off. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing just to see all that. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the other, the other possible disruption we've got coming up towards the uh, end of the year, a bit later in the year, is the U.S. presidential election campaign. Yeah. Oh, the not the campaign, the, the actual election. Uh, yeah. The campaigns uh, gives us a few things to laugh at. But, but yeah. uh, um, you know, what do you think will happen to the markets if if, if Donald Trump gets uh, elected? Are we going to see another big rowdy? <laughs> well, if if you thought the Brexit volatility was bad, can you imagine the volatility in global markets if Donald Trump was elected as president in November? Okay. Um, and I guess that the thing that has taught us this year is that um, polls can be wrong, bookies can be wrong. Already, the, you know, the bookies have basically ruled off our local election as, as a victory for the coalition. Uh, Labor's pushed out to eight dollars or something. Um, you know, if you look at the polls in America, Trump is is not going to win. But you know, we've seen some strange things this year. We've seen Brexit. We've seen um, we've seen Leicester City win at. Uh, uh, the English Premier League, 5,000 to one they were. We saw Iceland knock mm-hmm. England out of the European um, championships. So um, there are strange things, but the, the Trump, um, certainly that will become a factor as we head into uh, into our spring there, autumn. Um, I, I can't see him being elected, but, you know, the market yeah, has I mean, been wrong and we've all been wrong. And I think there is a danger. There is always a danger. He is a populist um, candidate and... You know, there is certainly a feeling of anti-establishment mm-hmm. um, pervading mm-hmm. at the moment, and we saw that with the Brexit vote. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be that the aftermath of Brexit has caused a few people to actually question whether um, you know, taking out your anger at the polling booth is really the correct way to do it, and the ramifications are not fantastic after you've left the polling booth. So there may be a few people think twice before they uh, tick Trump. Mm-hmm. Of course, that, that could be a good slogan, couldn't it? Think twice before you tick Trump. <laughs> because, yeah, well, as I always said, he'd never get the pre-selection, but, but he's, well, he's kind right. of got that too. And, Strange uh, things happen. That's right. Henry, just before we get on to the good guys, um, yeah. for, for those people who are looking for some last-minute tax deductions, of course, um, they can subscribe to your uh, 
newsletter straight away? They certainly can. They can go to marcustoday.com.au. They can sign up for a free trial or they can uh, speak to the lovely Nina um, about uh, some of our end of financial year specials. Oh, so you've got um, some specials on. We do have some specials on. So uh, yeah, give the lovely Nina a phone call and she will uh, sort you out. Yes, right. And if you if you subscribe before uh, this afternoon or before midnight, I you suppose, can, you can claim a tax deduction against this year's tax return. So that's yeah. uh, our tax tip for the day. Um, yeah, and so... Day. <laughs> so on to some other good guys are speaking to us. The good guys are talking about uh, listing and, and having a road show commencing sometime next month. The good guys are listing. They're having a road show in uh, July. I think they're kicking it off uh, on Monday the 11th. They are trying to IPO the company. There's been some rumours floating around that maybe JB Hi-Fi would buy them or various other companies would look at them. Even Jerry Harvey had a, a little bit of a look at them, I think. Um, so it remains to be seen, I guess, whether they will get as far as an IPO. Um, but um, at the moment, they've got an enterprise value of around a billion dollars. So um, it's going to be interesting. So um, we shall see. But certainly going by the, the success of floats recently, um, it should be a good one. And I think investors will be um, pretty, um, pretty happy to get another sort of choice in the retail environment. Mm-hmm. Now, the retail environment's pretty tough too. So It is tough, but I think, you know, the good guys do it quite well. And, and they've been know, around for a while. They've been around for a while. They're a pretty well-known brand. They've got those cheesy adverts, which mm-hmm. are always nice. Um, and, of course, you've got Dick Smith. The fact that they've um, fallen into, uh, into oblivion has obviously helped the incumbents, like the good guys, like JB Hi-Fi, like Harvey Norman, and, you know, our economy's still going mm-hmm. pretty well. And do you know where the Kogan float... So by last time I heard that was kind of put on a bit of a hold. Um, I, last I heard, they put it back a yeah. week. Um, I don't think for anything particularly, um, you know, anything particularly Just sinister. Like the Guevara float, which was completely cancelled. Um, but I think they put that back to a week to um, uh, the seventh of July. So I think they had to update their their um, the prospectus. Of course, this is a much smaller float yep. than. Um, but the good guys, it's valued at about you know, 170 million mm-hmm. bucks, um, and they were raising 50 million mm-hmm. in the float process. So, um, so yeah, that that's going to give us another retail uh, electronics retailer uh, to uh, to look at. And hasn't Gavira, uh, which was common, haven't they appointed a couple of administrators at the moment? So they seem um, to yeah, a couple of their local businesses have been put into administration. They look as if they're going to try and focus on India, and they're certainly cutting. Uh, monthly expenses. This was one of the big problems they had was their expenses uh, were very high. Their loss was very low, was was very high as well, and their valuation was very high. So um, there were some questions, and uh, I think they were even thinking about listing on the um, the old Newcastle Stock Exchange the, or the National Stock Exchange, which would be um, particularly interesting because I don't think there's too many billion dollar companies listed on that one. Um, uh, I, I, I don't. I don't think they've actually put an application in. I don't think the no, Newcastle actually knows anything about their proposed listing. It's no, <laughs> all been a bit of a fiasco, really. Yeah. Um, but they, they supposedly raised some money from some private investors to keep things going. Um, and there was even some rumours that they were looking at a NASDAQ float. So um, mm-hmm. I guess uh, the, the saga continues with that one. Yes. And so we spoke about Vocus's uh, acquisition of Gen. Yep. And uh, Mitre 10. So Mitre 10 is trying to buy some of the Woolworths hardware businesses and uh, and uh, the ACCC has now got in and uh, wanting to do various things. So so what do you think is going to happen there? Well, obviously Woolies are very keen to uh, to get rid of these uh, these businesses. Um, they've got a July 4 deadline for, um, 
for uh, um, sort of bids for the masters and all the other stuff. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to say the least. But certainly, uh, you know, Mitre Ten would be one of the the, the, the good parts of, uh, of the business to uh, talk to about. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, we might uh, leave it there, and we'll talk to you again next week, Henry. Well, hopefully, we don't have quite such a volatile week as well, we did we've, this week, Stephen. We've got the uh, election coming up, and I, I suspect the market's probably going to rise on Monday. Well, so, yeah, anything could happen, as we've seen, as we've talked about. You know, it, uh, it, uh, maybe maybe Bill's not uh, quite out for the count, as the bookies would suggest. Well, that's right, but but previously the election, just uh, after the election in Australia, the market just seems to go up anyhow. So. Yeah, well, I think the important thing is that one side or the other, because they're probably both um, sort of come towards the centre so mm. much, that I think the important thing is that one side or the other get a mandate we don't really want the hung parliament type situation which tends to unsettle investors yep. we want uh, a strong mandate either for labor or a strong mandate for the coalition looks like the coalition will get it according to the bookies but uh, um you know anything can happen so, um, get out right. there on saturday and vote and take the sausage sizzle and uh yep, we've sure li- your local candidates are uh, we, we've given people the sausage sizzle website address <laughs> so they can <laughs> they can look that up and find out where to go where the best sausages <laughs> where the best sausages are yep. okay Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Thanks, Dean. Talk to you next week. The end of the financial year, so we need to start planning for the new year. Yeah, the end of the financial year occurs sometime in a couple of, uh, you know, Matter of 12 hours. hours yeah. 12 yeah. hours. And we're into a new financial year. So so now now there's time to, to have a do a bit of planning next year instead of leaving everything um, um, to the end. Yep, yep. Now, listen, uh, 49216216 is the number. If you have any questions for Stephen or you'd like to get involved and ask about maybe some questions, some things that you need to consider for the new year for financial. And one of the things you should look at at this time of the year or, or, or regularly, I mean, uh, is is your investment portfolio. Um, for those people who've got a bit of an investment portfolio with some, some shares and some managed funds, um, a lot of people... Um, Buy things and forget it, and and that's that's one way to to look at things. But the other way is to you need to regularly review things. And one of the things that we find is that people don't like to admit their mistakes. They'll buy they'll buy some shares and they'll have gone down for whatever reason, and they they continue to hang on to them in the hope that that, that they'll bounce back. They bounce back. Yeah. And a classic example was people bought some of those Dick Smith shares, and, and, and you know they, yeah. they were just going down and down and down, and, and they hold them and they bounce back, and they never do. So time to do a review on that. Time to do a review. Consider where you're at, whether they're still valid for you or not, or whether to maybe consider some changes and moving to some other shares. Yep. Consider whether the, the investments, the reason you bought them to start with, the, the thing's still valid, um, whether whether you want to hold them. And more importantly, you need to think about the opportunity costs of holding them. You know, Is there something better that you can perhaps sell these things and, and, yeah. and buy into them? Buy At the end of the day, it's your money. So you need your money and you need to look after yeah, it. Yeah, that's you for need sure. To look after it. And of course, there's with the superannuation changes or proposed superannuation changes um, coming up. Um, there's a lot of um, things you need to 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 look at and consider. Should people be considering a review of their superannuation too, with these changes that could be coming our way? Ah, uh, they they're going to drive a review of the superannuation, yeah. but but uh, there's still a lot of people, and there's still many billions of dollars um, held in the unclaimed superannuation account at yeah. the tax office. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you can now do online searches on that, so you need to, to go in and have a look to make sure you haven't inadvertently... Is that a case of just putting in your tax file number and it should be able to track it down for uh, you? Yeah, tax file number or your name. Yes. A lot of these old accounts, which is one of the issues, don't have tax file numbers attached um, because it's only been the last few years you actually had to 
correct yeah. tax file number. So you can just put in your name. It'll bring up um, any unclaimed superannuation money that the tax office is holding. And, you know, you need to make steps to claim that. The other thing is, particularly people who've changed um, casual, had casual employment, um, you know, people who've gone to university or, you know, things like that, have uh, worked at various cafes or bars or clubs or fruit picking or whatever, and they've all got different superannuation accounts. So you need to put a bit of effort in. It's not that easy. I did it a few years ago because when I worked in Musselbrook about 16 years ago, Mm -hmm. I had three different addresses because we moved, uh, because we were there for like six years. We moved three. And they'll say to you, okay, what address were you at? And I'm like, oh, is it the blah, blah, blah? No. Is it the... And I'm the... So you should have all your fluffy ducks in a row there. Try and get all your details that you know where you were at a period of time, what you're addressed for. Uh, yeah, a lot of that's since been streamlined, and there is there is um, service requirements now that the funds have to comply with. Okay, um, I'm not sure what the tax office has to comply with, but but um, a lot of cases now the fund that you want to consolidate the money into will actually do the work for oh, you. Okay, right. So so they track it down for you. Uh, well, they won't track it down, but they'll they'll. Collect it off the other fund. Get it there for you. Yeah. yeah. So they won't... I don't know any fund that will actually go and track yeah. it down. But if yeah. you contact the fund and say, look, I've got some money in this fund and that fund and that fund, and I want to put it all into your fund, yes. quite yes. often they'll just do all the documents and, and transfer the money. And there's a time limit now that the money has to be transferred. Well, that's good because there is a considerable amount of money that's that's just out there. There's lots of... Dupli- unaccounted. Yeah, there's lots of... There's money sitting in the tax office and there's lots of people who've got duplicate accounts. Um, and, and, you know, that that's costing you... Um, costing you money, yeah. particularly if you know they're all charging you for insurance and administration costs. So you need to consolidate all your super into one or maybe two accounts. And, and the other thing is um, the contribution limits um, remain the same for the current year before they get uh, reduced starting on the 1st of July 2017, a proposed reduction. So if you if you want to salary sacrifice some money um, into your super fund, um, you need to go and speak to your payroll officer now and, and get that organised because you've got the old limits of, uh, particularly from the $35,000 uh, deduction limit um, in the current year. And the other thing is the transition to retirement pension. You've still got another year to run um, on those. And I did a calculation on, for someone the other day. Uh, there's a $5,000 tax saving in that for, mm. for one person. So they're worthwhile doing, um, but you need to you know, get that organised in the next couple of weeks to get the full year's uh, tax advantage on that. Bruce is with us now. Bruce, I think you've got a redundancy coming your way soon. Stephen's listening now. Hi, Bruce. Yeah, yeah expecting a redundancy of over 200000 in the next few months. Mm-hmm. I've got... Um, I will have near six hundred thousand in a deferred benefit fund and three hundred thousand in a, another fund that I've been salary sacrificing. I, I was talking to the financial advisor about twelve months ago about, it and he said to roll it over into a allocated pension fund to limit the tax. I, I am only fifty six, and uh, has that changed or? Okay, so so let's just go through all this. So so we can't. You know, kind of give personal advice here, but we we can talk about this generally. So, so you're getting a you're getting a redundancy payment. Yeah. Okay. So the tax on the redundancy payment will depend what the the redundancy payment's composed of. Now, there's a there's a tax free proportion um, for each each uh, year of service. So they should be able to tell you. Yeah, um, it's in excess of thirty years. Yeah, yeah, but they should be able to tell you how much of that's taxable and how much of that's going to be tax-free. So, yep. so that's the first thing you need to go and find out, all right? Now, yep. you said you've got 
um, six hundred thousand in a deferred fund. What 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 what? Can you give me a few more details there? That's a state super fund. Okay, so what you're probably in is is an old state defined benefit fund. Yep. yep. Okay, so you need to have a look at what your benefit options are under that fund. Now, do you know if you've got a lifetime pension option? Okay, well, the first thing you need to do is go and find out um, off state super what, 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 what your, your payment options are. Now, if, if it's in the old fund, usually, the and you've got access to it, the best benefit there that you can get out of that is, the, assuming you're in, in good health, is is a, the lifetime index pension, all right? So, yeah. so you need to you need to talk to State Super about um, what your benefits are, uh, that your benefit options, and then you can you, you can make a decision on on that. But generally, as I said, the lifetime uh, there's nowhere else you can get a, a a government guaranteed index pension for life. So that's usually the best option for that. And then yeah, I think he, that's what he was talking about last year. Mm-hmm. And and you don't pay tax on it. Um, you would need to talk to the to the super fund, it would depend how it's yeah. set up, right? Um, there, there may be some. It depends whether the fund's unfunded or not. And and these state government funds and the Commonwealth funds um, sometimes they're unfunded, which means there is a small amount of tax payable. So you need to. The first thing, as I said, you need to go to the fund and and yeah. find, talk to them, and they, they they can usually give you. Uh, projections of, of what you're in benefits likely to be and, and from those you can work out the tax and then you've got an allocate then you've got some kind of uh, accumulation fund by the sound of it that you've salvaged yep. yeah okay so so if you want to take the money out of that yes the, the right answer there would be to take it out as a um, as a transition to retirement pension because you're below the um, the uh, preservation aid so you can take out 10% of that a year as a pension all right. Might be good also to talk to a finance advisor to get some direction at this time in yeah, your life too. I think, I think, yeah, it's right, but I think you need to go and collect the information from the various funds first. Good on you, Bruce. Thank you for your call. Always great to have your input into the program. We're almost out of time, so next week, do you think we'll be having a talk about things changing in Australia with a new, maybe a new government or well, an existing I think, government I think, returning? I think, um, yeah, things are going to change, whichever, yeah. whichever, whichever government, uh, whichever yeah. team gets elected. I think... Um, I think uh, the, the Senate's probably going to be uh, completely different to what it is now. That'll be the one to watch and see what That'll happens That'll be then. the one to watch. Um, and I think, um, I don't think any party's going to get a majority in the Senate. I'll be surprised. The independents may, may have a big I, role. I, I think the independents are going to have a big role. And yeah. then the House of Reps, who knows what's going to happen. Um, Henry's got the bookies numbers. That the uh, yeah. yeah, we'll look forward to talking to him about that next week. That's right. And all I know, we've given you a list of where you can get a sausage when you, when you go for an election. The, that's your job done. Thank that's you so much it. for that, Stephen. Okay. That okay. is uh, Finance Today with Stephen Pritchard. Back with us again around midday next Thursday afternoon at 2 in your RFM.